welcome to episode 149 of Together BHA. Uh, I am doing this introduction uh, because when I clicked record uh, on the day of the interview, it lagged uh, by about 14 seconds for some reason uh, and it missed the very beginning. So uh, today's interview uh, is with Uwe Hunemeyer. Uh, it's an absolute cracker and uh, it's going to go straight into it. No messing around. Uh, he is just talking about Paderborn's uh, last game uh, against Hamburg. Um, this is recorded the day after the Leicester Carabao Cup tie. So a couple of weeks ago now uh, where they conceded a 94th minute loser. Um, so with all, without any further ado, I'm going to cut you in straight to straight to the chat. And it's a really good one. Nice and long for your international break. Uh, you can relive some some brilliant Albion moments with with a fantastic, fantastic man uh, in Uwe Hunemeyer. So uh, enjoy and we will see you all next week uh, for more match reviews as per usual. They're still the favorite in the league, I would say. Um, it was a pretty intense game. And we just conceded in the 94th minute, which was uh, pretty bad for us. Um, but we gave them a really good fight. And uh, yeah, we're, we're doing well. Um, we're still having, uh, as Paderborn, a pretty low budget. Um, so we're doing really well so far. Yeah, I, I still can't believe that you've got Schalke and Werder Bremen in this division at the moment. It's, it's even just thinking five, seven years back, that is unheard of so it's, it's a tough competition yeah this league um, is, is full of uh, historic clubs like they've been in the Bundesliga for a long long time Schalke Hannover Dusseldorf Nuremberg and Hamburg so it, it's a um, really exciting league this year a lot of uh, clubs who wants to get promoted and with much bigger uh, financial uh, possibilities so um, but it, it's it's good to have the fans back. So you're playing in front of uh, uh, um, a lot of supporters in, in big stadiums. And um, yeah, it's, it's an exciting league. And uh, so far, we're doing really well. We had quite a lot of uh, big teams in our house so far. We played Schalke at home, Hamburg, Nuremberg. And um, yeah, so far, we didn't, got, didn't get the points at home. Um, most of our points came away from home. We played five times away and got 13 points out of it so <laughs> maybe the fans aren't that important then in that case <laughs> yeah it's pretty strange i mean so far we played uh, the teams um, who are in first to fourth position in the league at home and the sixth team so all the big teams uh, were doing well so far in the season came to our to our yeah. stadium and um, yeah it's it's quite unfortunate that we didn't get the point at home because you you want to win games at home in front of your home crowd and um, hopefully we, we can uh, turn it around in the next home games And uh, because it's the best to win uh, games at home and you don't want to um, win them all the way from home, which is pretty nice as well. Um, so we, we don't want to um, um, yeah, change that. Uh, we, we got 18 points out of 11, which is okay so far for us. It's it seems uh, it seems very similar to the championship now. Funnily enough, with a lot of those big teams that that used to be in the top flight now playing in that in that second tier. I suppose it was not a huge huge leap for you to to jump back straight into the the swing of things with Paderborn. 
Well, the things um, like the second Bundesliga um, changed in the last few years, like um, big big names uh, dropped down to the second Bundesliga, got relegated, like like Hamburg, Schalke, Nuremberg. So they all have the ambition to go back to the Bundesliga. And now you've got like some some smaller teams in the Bundesliga that are doing well, like like Bielefeld, Fürth, or Augsburg and Mainz. So. They they've done better like uh, like these big teams. They've done a lot of things wrong in the past, so um, they have to turn things around, which is not that easy. To get out of the second Bundesliga is not that easy. It's it's similar to the championship. You've got even more teams probably in the championship uh, which have the ambitions to go back to the Premier League. So um, yeah, I would say like the last two or three years, it's pretty similar to the championship. True. So I, I hope you don't mind us asking first and foremost before we even get to Brighton chat uh, your your time growing up as a footballer. So obviously you were born and bred in Germany. You came through all of their youth systems and you you moved to Dortmund obviously very young. Um, and with them being one of the the greatest youth systems in the world, uh, what what was that like? What was that like? being brought up in that Dortmund system and and if you wanted to as well how does that compare to to how the Albion was set up when when you were there as well well when when I went to Dortmund it was uh, 2000 um, they haven't had um, an academy like like they have uh, right now so it was um, you can't compare it to the youth system right now um, we had like a I would say like a uh, shabby training facilities in Dortmund. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't that good. Um, during the winter, we train. Uh, we trained on 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 this um, red surface. How do you say that? Um, like uh, not, not on on grass. Um, so it was like yeah, like clay, like uh, clay. Oh, even worse, on clay. Yeah. yeah, which is which is not modern at all anymore. So um, so. It was it was still a big step for me in that kind of age. I moved to Dortmund when I was fourteen. Um, they still they already had a big name in, in in the US. You always play against like the teams from the West: uh, Mönchengladbach, Schalke, Düsseldorf, Cologne. So it was a massive step for me that time. But you can't compare that youth system to the system right now. They've they've got uh, training facilities um, similar to Brighton now. Um, like you've got you've got everything what you need as a young kid there. Um, they've got this uh, football nod. I don't know if you heard of uh, this kind of thing where you like standing in the middle, you're see- receiving balls from every um, every direction, and you have to turn around like as quick as you can and have to pass the balls into these little goals where where the light is on. So, um, which is uh, I think Dortmund is one of the only ones next to Hoffenheim who has this kind of football nod. And um, yeah, it was for me. It was probably not um, education like kids have in right now in the academy, even in Brighton or in Dortmund, because they they growing up in like perfect facilities um, with the perfect surroundings. Like they having probably a cook. They sleeping um, in an academy there. So I traveled every day from my hometown, which was like 90 kilometers away from Dortmund because I, I was still doing my A-levels in my hometown. So it was pretty intense for me that time. Um, I, I traveled like five or six years every day for one hour to Dortmund and in the evening back. Um, but it was worth it. Um, 
I never regret that step, uh, obviously, that time. So um, I'm looking back with a lot of joy because um, I'm not unhappy about it that um, I haven't had these these surroundings like like kids having uh, right now because I was I was um, that time you had to work much harder for for success and you haven't had the surroundings. So um, and now kids growing up like in a surrounding where everything is set up and they just have to train. They just going back to the dressing room and everybody everything is just set up. So they probably losing a little bit of their um, yeah personal skills that time. So um, I don't mind having um, haven't had the um, same surrounding like the kids having. Um, nowadays so um it was a great time for me um growing up in dortmund playing there for 10 years and uh, i still have got a good relationship uh, to that club and um yeah it was a great time for me obviously it doesn't seem fair i'm picturing like mario goetze when he was younger with all these technical things and lights and balls coming at, and you just diving around in clay like Rafa Nadal. That doesn't seem quite fair. Yeah, it was not far away from that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, well, um, Mario obviously actually came to the Later, first yeah. team. I think it was around 2-8 two, two or 2-9 yeah, and I was then, with yeah. the first team under Klopp as well. Um, and... You could see from the first day he was he was different. He has he had that talent. Um, you can see that uh, today. Obviously, he, he lost probably a little bit of that freedom or like how how can I describe it? I mean, a lot of things happened early in his in his career, like uh, winning the World Cup, scoring the winning goal. And um, I think he, you can see right now he's he's really happy in Eind playing in Eindhoven, PSV, um, yeah. Yeah. enjoying his freedom and um, not having uh, like journalists and press uh, uh, around him. So um, I'm really happy for him to enjoy football again. You, you mentioned Klopp there. Um, how much time did you get around Jurgen and and any other sort of I guess names at Dortmund that some of our listeners might recognise? And what was Klopp like? Well, um, uh, Klopp came in charge uh, 2008. Um, I was playing in the second team because the manager before dropped me back to from the first team to the second team. I think it was uh, Thomas Doll that time. And then um, Jürgen Klopp came summer 2008 and I got back to the first team um, in the winter. It was maybe the end of 2008 or beginning of 2009. So he was my manager for one and a half years. So I was playing like I was playing most of the time in the second team. I was always training with the first team and um, like had some some. I think I played for the first team under him like let's say two or three times. But he was always watching uh, the games of the second team and I had a great relationship to him. Um, he was like. He always gave me the feeling that I'm an important player for him as well, even though I was just playing for the second team most of the time. And um, at the end of 2008 or the end of uh, season 2010, uh, sorry, summer 2010, he said to me, um, he said to me, it's better for me to move on because I was just too good to sit on the bench for the first team because yeah. 
I was playing for the first team and Mats Hummels was there, Nevin Zubotic and Felipe Santana. So these uh, three guys, I was 24 <laughs> that time. And these three guys were, all of them, they, they were younger than me. And I was the youngest with 24. We had like four center halves with 21, 22 and 22. And then I was the oldest with 24. And I was doing a great job there. I was playing well for the second team. I, I trained well for the first team. And he said to me, you better move on because it's 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 a waste of time to sit on the bench here. And he, during that summer break, he was uh, actually calling me and uh, was asking me if I already find a club or if he can help me finding a new club, wow. which is quite like a stunning a stunning uh, to to hear that a that a manager like Klopp is um, he wants to help you to find a club. So I, I've never had that before and. Uh, that already showed me that he's a great character. And um, uh, when I when I when we catched up in in Brighton uh, a few years later, like it was 2016 or 2017, it was quite strange for me because we haven't seen for a while. And but when when you, when he catches you and you catch his eyes, he's just smiling to you, and you feel you feel welcome again. And it was a, it was a, a nice um, chat before that game because I wasn't in the squad that time. And um, yeah, he's he's a great lad. I mean, you know him already quite good after these years in Liverpool, and he always gives you a smile. And um, I think his success shows actually what what a great guy and great manager he is. Yes, yeah, it's, it's good to hear that he is what you think he is from a TV. When you see him on TV, absolutely, it like he is that guy. Which you can't say that for everyone. So no, no, he, he he's he's not playing a role or something. He's he's actually like that. He's smiling a lot, and sometimes he's fuming. And he's he's a guy like everyone else. Like he's he's, he's a fan at, at the sideline. And if he's feeling he's feeling good, he's 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 supporting his guys. But if he's like he's not that happy about uh, the referee or his players, he's fuming. And um, he's he's uh, I, I would say he's just. Normal guy, he describes himself when he uh, came to Liverpool. He's not the special one, he's a normal one. <laughs> you uh, So you went to, to Energy Cottbus uh, right after that um, and spent a couple of years, years there uh, and then went to Paderborn as well. Um, played a lot of football. Uh, for for both sides, seems like you were pretty pretty season regular uh, within the team, um, but you eventually did get the call uh, from Brighton. Uh, big move to a different country. Uh, you know, you'd 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 played in Germany and and you know pretty close to to Dortmund your your whole life. Um, what was what was that like to to get that interest from a from a championship club in in England and and what what made you say yes that's that's a big move for for anybody so how did that feel? Uh, well, the season before we played in Bundesliga with Paderborn, which 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 uh, was a, a surprising move for Paderborn to get promoted to the Bundesliga, and um, I have to say I played quite well in that uh, that season, but I didn't get any interest interest from any club um, in Germany or abroad. So I was quite focused on, on starting the new season with Paderborn again. So I played already the first game. I I think I started the season in Paderborn and then I heard from some interest uh, from my manager. And he said, like, yeah, um, 
Brighton is watching you, observing you. And uh, then I played the first league game for uh, for Paderborn, and we lost to Bochum. Bochum that time one nil, and I didn't play that well. And I thought, well, probably after that game, the tr interest is over. Like it was like like stupid thinking, you know. They they've. Um, They've um, watched you a few, a couple of times before, and I've asked them later on. They came over to Germany, I think, five or six times to to watch me, and um, I think if two days later they they um, they called my agent and said, yeah, they're interested in me and they want to sign me, and which was pretty surprising for me, and um, obviously it was a a big uh, step for me to do that and because uh, we just built a house here in Germany uh, with my family that time and uh, I just moved into like four weeks ago so um, yeah we thought quite a lot about it uh, if I do that or if we're doing it not because it was quite clear that my family stayed at stays in Germany that time so Actually, I said um, no to the interest of Brighton at first, and um, um, I turned down uh, the the interest of them and the offer. So, um, but after after I turned down the um, the offer, they just uh, put an offer to Paderborn, and I was saying like, what the hell are they doing now? Why are they still doing uh, giving an offer to Paderborn now? And uh, they got me back into thinking about the move. And um, then they invited my family first to Brighton. I was still playing for Bader Paderborn. And we had an away game in Dusseldorf. And that weekend, I was playing for, for Paderborn. And I think my family was uh, in Brighton that time uh, for three days. And my kids and and uh, my mother-in-law. So they traveled over to Brighton. And... Um, Then one day I made the decision, okay, let's do it. And um, I, was, I was still quite sure there was a big difference between the, the fee um, Paderborn was um, demanding. So um, I thought maybe the difference is too big. But in the end, they um, paid the money um, uh, Paderborn was demanding. And I was on the way to the training ground of Paderborn when my agent called me. I was just two minutes away. And then I was like, wow. Now it's a done deal. Um, I was driving to the car park and stepped into the dressing room. And yeah, some players, um, they they were lo looked at me and I was saying like, yeah, um, that's my last day. Uh, I'm going to England now. I'm going um, to Brighton. It was, it was a strange day. Uh, I drove back home, uh, just got some stuff together. And in the evening, I was uh, flying to Brighton with my agent. And uh, yeah, it was a big move, obviously. And uh, But I never regret that step because uh, Brighton and England was a great, great time for me. Um, uh, I will never, uh, I don't want to miss that, that experience. Um, I still have a good, good relationship to a lot of people over there. And uh, whenever I've got the time, I want to come over to, to visit the game again and uh, um, uh, meet some people um, um, in Brighton. So um, can't wait to come over again but obviously right now it's not that easy with uh, COVID and um, but uh, right now I'm planning maybe to come over during our uh, winter break this time but uh, let's see if it works out. You'll have to tell us because us three are in the US we're expat 
Brighton fans. So we'll arrange our flights and we'll come and we'll have a few beers with you uh, in, in farm. <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm not sure. Um, probably if, if it works out, I would come over between um, the Christmas days and the New Year's Eve. Um, I think they're playing away from home on the 26th to Chelsea. I like that you no, know Brentford. this. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. It's incredible, yeah. Yeah, and then they're playing at home on the 28th or 29th too. I'm not quite sure. I think it they might have a be, home game. I think it might be the other way around. But I think yeah. um, in terms of, yeah, between Christmas and New Year, I'm, I'll am i be there at least. So I'll, I'll represent the three of us. There you go. We'll, we'll, <laughs> okay. we'll have, yeah, have beers for the lot of us. So it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see if it works out. Um, I, I'm just planning with, with a friend of mine if... Yeah. Uh, if I can come over. So, um, yeah, it would be nice. Um, our yeah. listeners are going to just find this out and then just mob you, by the way. You're gonna be <laughs> yeah. If I'm not there, yeah. if I'm not coming over, yeah. you yeah. guys are waiting for me then. <laughs> but it's, it's interesting to hear just in terms of how, I guess, the back end of it works in terms of how a move gets to fruition. Um, what I'm hearing is, is obviously you hadn't visited Brighton before it was a done deal. Um, so in terms of that and in terms of finally getting over to Brighton and seeing the sites, knowing full well that it's been committed to, uh, what did you think of the city when you finally got there? Well, actually, I got a, I, I got a link sent over by the club beforehand. So I've seen a, lot, a few pictures and uh, got a, um, a view of the history of the club. And uh, as soon as I came to Brighton, it was just I was living in a hotel for two weeks. I was living next to the seacoast. Um, it was it was just like amazing. Like uh, I had like it was great weather that time. I was sitting in front of the beach and I was thinking, am I playing football here or am I having a holiday here? So <laughs> it was. Yeah, I mean, Brighton is a great, great city, and I didn't know anything about that uh, city. I've never heard it before. I didn't know it's like that close to London. It's at the sea coast or south coast of uh, England. Um, I think there are not a lot of better places than Brighton in England than actually Brighton is. So, uh, um, yeah, it was amazing. Um, and actually, I found a, a, fl- a flat next to the seacoast. So I stepped out of my flat and I was next to the seacoast, like 50 meters away, um, which was pretty amazing. And whenever uh, anybody uh, came over to visit me, um, for them, it was like holiday. They, they couldn't believe where I'm playing football right now so um yeah brighton is a great great place um, and uh, i can't wait to get over again I, like, I imagine they probably did the recruitment with your family in the summer so it looked that bit nicer in the summer as opposed to i think that's why brighton signed mostly in the summer and not so much in the january transfer window when it's cold and uh, and wet <laughs> yeah but if, if i mean it's it's quite grey and dark in in the winter as well in Brighton. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But go to the north, go to Burnley, or go somewhere else. I, I've <laughs> I've spoken to a German uh, player who's playing for Burnley, uh, Ruven Hennings, and in Burnley, it's it's he said like it, it's grey most of the time in the year, even and it's even worse in winter. So uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Burnley doesn't nice have a lot of Brighton. Say it again. <laughs> Burnley doesn't have too much charm. I'll say that. Yeah. Uh, from what I fear, they don't have any kind of charm. Like, so um, I was quite lucky with uh, with Brighton. So um, yes, yeah, yeah it's, it's 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 a lovely city. 
one of the one of the other things you said in another interview on, on the move that, that compelled you to make that switch was um, obviously you came in at a good time when obviously the Amex had been up and running for a couple of years. The, the new training facility had opened a couple of years prior as well. And uh, I remember you saying that compared to what you had at Paderborn and now what we understand you had at Dortmund, it was next level stuff. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen a training facilities like that before. I, I mean, it was like, it was built in 2013 or, yeah, 2013, Around I there. think. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's uh, Champions League level, what they've got in, in Brighton. Uh, this kind of facilities, like having a dome uh, to be able to train inside when, when the weather is, I mean, really bad. And actually, I had my first full training session in a dome because it was like uh, lightning and a thunderstorm outside. I came over on a Tuesday and on a Wednesday was my first training session. The guy, uh, the player, uh, Brighton had a cup game on a Tuesday night in, I think it was Luton town, somewhere there. So I had my first training day on a Wednesday and it was like really bad, bad weather that day. And we had to move over to the dome uh, and in Germany, we we never had the chance to move somewhere inside to tra to keep keep on training. So, and uh, and if you did uh, on a Saturday, I had my first game, which was um, yeah unbelievable. So, um, um, that time everything went really quick. I haven't had much time to settle in, but um, the training facilities are just just amazing. Uh, I think they said it was next to Man City and. I don't know which uh, who else the best tra training facility that time in England. So um, yeah, I mean they've they've done a lot in Brighton, even with the stadium, Champions League level. Yeah, yeah, definitely not what it was like before you arrived. I'll we'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've I've seen that on that uh, video they sent over to me, and um, I've 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 driven past the um, Greyhound Stadium. Is it right? Yeah. Um, the 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 with Dean with Dean yeah, with yeah. Dean yeah true yeah um, <laughs> yeah a different level I mean from what they had before it was like um, I mean what Tony Bloom has done for this club is just just amazing I mean yeah. what a guy he is I mean luckily uh, enough I, I met him a few times and I, I just can't uh, can say about him he's he's a normal guy as well uh, yeah you you just know him maybe from from hearing on interviews, but I, I mean, maybe you have realized that he doesn't like it to, to have an interviews or giving interviews. He's just a guy who wants to stand in the middle of the fans, enjoying a Brighton game and um, supporting the, the lads. So um, he's, he's a really good guy. And um, yeah, can't, yes. can't thank you. Can't say thank you enough to him what he has done for this club. We, we've been talking about Tony a lot because of some of the changes at other teams in the Premier League that are now owned by uh, uh, nation states, let's say. Um, and that is, Tony does not seem anywhere close to that level of hands office. He wants to be in the away end with the fans. And it's not, again, nice to hear that that's who he is. Yeah, true. I mean, I, just, uh, I remember that uh, promotion party uh, that we had and, he was quite happy to have a few beers of a uh, few beers and have him party with us. And um, <laughs> he, he, he was happy to have in a chat with you, taking a photo with you. He was he, he was a guy like you and me, and um, it, it was him. 
and uh, having seen him in the way and in Brentford, like yeah. celebrating with all the uh, Brighton supporters, uh, I will never forget. I mean, that was just amazing. Uh, I've, I've seen videos of it. You was you would just uh, search him in, in the way and because he, he's quite a tiny lad, so he's not that <laughs> big. Compared guy. to you, he is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, <laughs> um, it was just great to see. I mean, he's a chairman of a, of a Premier League club and. He rather wants to uh, be in a way and uh, with all the supporters and sitting in a VIP lounge um, that says everything about this guy and uh, which separates Brighton definitely from all the other um, uh, or a lot of other clubs in the Premier League owned yeah. by, like you said, nations or um, uh, other owners. Owners. You uh, you came in. As you said, you know, that 2015-16 season um, and the the manner in which we didn't get promoted that year on goal difference and then to, to lose to Sheffield Wednesday um, was just about as heartbreaking as it can get. I'm sure for the players as much for the fans. Uh, I would be fascinated to know what what the vibe was in the in the rooms after that and during the summer because we obviously came back out and got promoted that next season but there is a lot of teams and a lot of mentalities that aren't capable of doing that they they just can't bounce back and we see it every year what what was it like that in that gap between the two seasons because the the mental strength of you as a side must have just been out of this world well, I would say actually the hardest bit of that season was um, um, that Middlesbrough game uh, on the last match day. Uh, I remember I was I was still injured, um, but I travelled uh, up um, to Middlesbrough with Solly March in the morning, like um, with the train, and um, we 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 started in Brighton. It was like sunny, 15, 20 degrees. We came up to Middlesbrough. It was like eight degrees, uh, foggy. And Solly was just was just wearing uh, slippers and shorts, and I just <laughs> told him like, "What the hell are you doing? I mean, you don't know what kind of weather you've got up north." And uh, and uh, um, I remember that game. I mean, we we equalized. Uh, Dave Stevens equalized, and we got a red card, which was oh, really harsh red card. Um, I think it was Dale again. Yeah, was it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. And then we lost it again, and they got promoted. That on the same day it was like um, second against third that day and we just had a week off before to the playoffs and then we lost to Sheffield the first leg with four injuries we ended that game with 10 men after 60 minutes so and we lost it to nil I think um, uh, but we still had the belief to to get it done on, on, on the second leg and then we started that second leg we scored quite early uh, we we were the much better team against Sheffield Wednesday. We had chances by chances in that game, and then we uh, we conceded such an unlucky goal. I think it was an, a, a free kick, or I can't remember free kick or a cross, which was deflected somehow, and they sc scored the equalizer. And then all of a sudden, it was like all our energy was gone just before halftime, and um, they they. Uh, moved on to the to the final in Wembley, um, but we came back after summer. It was it was heartbreaking, definitely. And uh, two days, I mean, um, two days after we lost to Sheffield uh, that semi final, I got the information that I have to have another uh, surgery, which was Ugh. for me was like 
I mean, that was heartbreaking for me uh, again. Like you came up short in the promotion um, uh, race, and then you haven't have to um, have to have uh, surgery again. And so it was clear for me I can't have in a proper preseason again. But when we came back to preseason, we had like a few players like Luis Dunk, uh, Bruno. At that time, uh, we 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 have that we had that feeling like uh, we we sat together quite early in a in the preseason, and it was quite clear for us we want to go again. We have the same same ambition and the same aim for that season again, and um, with a, with pretty much. A lot of key players stayed in Brighton, which was really important for us. Um, we added a few players that helped us, but with a guy like Sam Baldock, uh, Liam Rossinho, uh, Shane Duffy, Louis Dunk, you had like a like a really strong core that time. David Stockdale. Um, so it was quite quite clear for us. We want to go again. We started well, and um, to do that a second year in a row. With 92 points or 90 points again, it was quite, um, um, yeah, it was amazing to do that again and um, to have these strong personalities in our squad uh, helped us a lot. And um, I was quite happy to play a key part in the end of the season again because um, I didn't play that much uh, during that season because Shane and uh, Lewis played uh, unbelievably, um, uh, unbelievably well so it was tough for me to get into into the starting 11 but uh, I never backed down in training so I had to wait for my time and uh, at the end of the season my time had come and um, fortunately I could help uh, to get promoted and uh, it was really ple I was really pleased for myself to do that job that time because there was a lot of pressure especially on me that time because um, probably a lot of experts uh, were doubting my my levels after that um, performance level after that long injury. So um, it was a good feeling for me, but um, I was more happy for for our team um, to perform uh, um, yeah again and uh, get that job done and get the promotion to the well-deserved Premier League. It it doesn't seem fair that in your career you had to play a second fiddle in some instances to Mats Hummels first and then do a stunk and Shane Duffy who are still playing together to this day right which is uh insane in some ways but whenever you were called upon you've come in and stepped in and, and stood in stood your ground perfectly well um has that I guess it's hard, right? Because I know you've talked about this before in terms of your time at Brighton was amazing in some ways with the promotion. We should come back and talk about the promotion because we want to hear more about those festivities and what happened. But it was probably bittersweet in some ways that you just you weren't playing every game. Well, obviously, it needs a lot of mental um, mental qualities, um, and uh, but. My my career is always like my career was always like that. Um, um, I always had the desire to play football. It doesn't matter if I'm playing, if I'm not playing. I always have a job um, to help the team. That time it was for me to perform in training, to um, 
to to uh, bring the other guys to to their next level because I was always there. I was I was pushing hard to get into the into that team, and they had to perform because otherwise maybe the manager is going to drop uh, some of these guys. And um, I was I was always like that. I, I never backed down uh, wherever I was, um, in whichever position I was um, playing or. If I'm on the bench or if I'm not even in the squad uh, in the Premier League, in that Premier League time, I wasn't in the squad a few times. Uh, but for me, it was not about me. It, it, it's always about the team. So for me, it was not a question about I don't care anymore because there's always in the end, there's an end product uh, for a team. And that time was maybe first to get promoted and then maybe um, to stay in the, in the Premier League. And I helped. I helped that time um, Brighton to achieve these to to achieve these targets. And um, even after three years of contract and then my last year of contract, they offered. They probably would have offered me a new contract um, because I was doing well, and yeah. they were really happy with me, even though I wasn't playing a lot. Because they they've seen like in training, this guy is giving everything, and he's 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 living that. Um, um, that, that mentality, even training. So uh, I had a good relationship to to Lewis and and Shane Duffy, and uh, because I never backed down, I always pushed them to the next level, and um, I was always happy for them to to perform on a high level. And uh, I, I never said to myself, "Hopefully they're doing mi mistakes so I can play." Right. Um, that's not my mentality, and. Um, I'm doing that still here in my in in my club in Paderborn, although I'm playing right now, which is not like um, normal in my age. But this is some kind of my qualities right now that I'm still playing football. I'm already 35 years old, and um, I still want to play football as long as I can, and um, as as long as my body is is doing that well, I want to keep on uh, playing football. I think it speaks to your character, right? And I think that's what the fans see now. The fact that you're still passionate about your time at Brighton. The fact that, I mean, we didn't pre-screen this. Like, you know Brighton's Christmas fixtures. Like, I think you know them better than we do. Uh, <laughs> that's that, that's impressive, right? And I think that speaks volumes. So, I have to say, like, wherever I played as, as a player, like, even with Cottbus or Dortmund, um, I always try trying to have a good, um, still having a good relationship to these clubs because I had a good time uh, wherever I was, uh, where I used to play, and um, because I don't take take it for granted that these supporters supporting me um, uh, back then, and um, so I'm quite football addicted. I have to say, so I'm trying to watch as much football as I can, and luckily. Uh, I have the chance to watch Brighton uh, here here on telly quite a few times. Um, I streamed uh, the game last night um, against Leicester, so I watched uh, the German Cup game on TV and on my Mac I watched Brighton uh, next to it and followed the penalty. It's just shootout. like us. So um, say it again. <laughs> You're just like us. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 a football fan as well. Like I'm a, I'm a fan of Brighton. I'm a fan of Cottbus. I'm a fan of Dortmund. And um, yeah, I'm 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 just probably like you. I I love to watch football, and uh, I still got a uh, got some connections back to Brighton uh, with Pascal or uh, Bruno is texting me quite a few times, and okay. um, 
yeah, it's, it's good to hear that you that you've done well and they always um, have a good relationship uh, still to you. So um, yeah, it, it, it's good to hear, and that's why I always uh, try to support Brighton uh, whenever I can. And I know that you were saying that you know the fans support you, and and they definitely did. Um, you know, you were having to to play. Uh, behind Duffy and Duncan, waiting for those opportunities to arrive, and and whenever they did, you were you were superb, you were you were excellent, um, and you you did very quickly get the the BFG nickname. Uh, how did you feel about that? Did you hear about that any time during that time, or did you have to hear about that after? Well, actually, the first time I heard um, about BFG was um, Per Mertesacker because he was playing in Arsenal. I think he was a probably the first BFG in England. He's the OG BFG. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the, he's the <laughs> <Okay>. original. <laughs> but um, uh, I think there's never been a, a German player in Brighton before. So um, I was the first one uh, and Pascal was the second one, but he's not a big lad. Like he's he's a Johan Cruyff uh, turn uh, Pascal Gross. So um, <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it was a great nickname, and they had a song that time for me as well, like with the lying sleeps tonight. Um, I never had my own song anywhere else in, in Germany, and but in England, the supporters are um, always finding a song for everyone, so which is really nice. And um, yeah, sometimes when I'm back on YouTube and I'm listening back to that time, and in, 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 it was in Rotherham when they um uh, uh, sang that song about me or which is actually on youtube so um yeah it's great i mean th there is no other club in germany where i have my own song so um <laughs> this always uh, this is always a good connection to brighton case in point you tweeted on september the 27th <laughs> I, i believe at the moment that mope scored that very late winner this season against palace Uh, uh, equalizer to, to bring the game to 1-1 one, one. and you, you you tweeted get in there you F yeah. and <laughs> you should look, listeners should look this up because you got uh, nearly 1500 likes and the responses are almost unanimous in terms of they either just simply say love you Uwe or big fucking German get in Uwe Uwe you <laughs> sexy man um, <laughs> <laughs> they are <laughs> do yourself a favor and look this up lots of goat goat emojis so you're you're definitely still adored by the fans yeah i have to say like my twitter account is actually just made for brighton fans because when i when i when i when i when i set up a tweet uh, about paderborn i would say i get max 50 likes so um It's actually just, uh, I've got like 15,000 um, followers on Twitter. I think probably it's more than 10,000 uh, Brighton supporters, uh, which is pretty nice. So whenever I have to say something about, uh, about Brighton, um, I, I have to do it on Twitter because they follow still my, my career and uh, what I'm tweeting. And uh, But I know this was a was a special game for the Brighton supporters, uh, obviously. And um, whenever I've got the chance to watch Brighton, it, it's a joy for me to sit in front of a TV and watch my old teammates. There are still quite a few playing there, and um, 
yeah, it, it's it, it's quite nice to see the recognition uh, from the Brighton fans um, because they probably it's quite unnormal for them that an old player is like still supporting his former club like I do. I, I don't know I don't know a lot of other players who are doing that, but it's not like I'm doing that for for them because. They want to see it because I just do it because I feel it that that moment because I'm yeah. a Brighton fan yeah. sitting in front of TV and I'm just celebrating as anybody else or as all the Brighton fans and this makes it so easy for me like um, I don't have to like play a role because it's it's just me that that moment because I'm feeling it as as you would probably feel it when you when you watch that game so. Um, like, I'm, I'm like happy to Klopp, be a Brighton supporter now. Like Klopp, like Tony Bloom, we're talking people that are people that are real, and it seems like you you have those qualities as well. So it's and, and the fans see that. It's, it's, yeah, it's probably probably it's it's like that because um, I I don't see myself as I don't see myself only as a football player. Like because I know that a lot of people people looking up to me and uh, fans especially, and for them it's special to have a photo or have a chat. But I don't see myself only as a football player and I don't have to change myself when I speak to, to supporters because I know for them it's important to to win games, to see players, to talk to them. And for me, it's just normal and real to, to do that. And I, I, for me, it's not a, not, not a special thing to do that. Even after Brighton games, you walk through the fans and just having a chat with them. Or when I was injured, I was uh, there was some friends of mine came over to from Germany. They came over to visit a game with me in Brighton, and afterwards we had a, um, a beer uh, down in the uh, down in the stands. And it's it's normal for me because it's me and it's not anybody else. So um, yeah, it's good to hear that that you see me as that and uh, not only as me as a football player or someone special. So. And I think, yeah, I, especially given the, you know, I, I say brief, but, you know, you were with us for, what, two and a bit seasons and just see how that connection between you and the fans and how how real it is. You know, that's why I personally was so happy to have you on, because I think, you know, you come across as such a, a stand up guy and such a real person, such a fan of, of everything that you do. Um, so, yeah, it's just that connection between the fans, especially in such a short period of time. Um, it's very rare to find that between what is a Premier League club uh, and a player. I think for me, always it was always important to to give your best wherever you are in 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 whatever time you you arrive to a club. And um, because you, when I made that step over to Brighton, it was clear for me um, I want to give my best for that club. And um, they they. Um, welcomed me like with open hands and uh, I felt really well and uh, um, so for me it was quite clear um, to give my best for the for this club whenever whenever I get a call up uh, to the f starting 11 and um, it's good to hear that um, all these Brighton fans acknowledge my my um, investment that time and and um, but for me it's this sums up my career pretty much because um, I would say I wasn't the guy with the bi biggest talent. I had to work hard for my success um, during my career. 
and this this kind of um, determination during my career um, like that brought me to where I am today and that I'm still playing and that I still have a lot of joy to play football to to, to go to training because I just I just love the game and uh, to give my everything in every training session every day and um, this is why I still playing football and yeah. hopefully I can carry on maybe for another one and a half years when I'm already maybe 37 and it looks quite good right now and um, yeah pretty, th this pretty much sums up my career um, that I always had to work really hard for my success and my my um, my how, how can I say that like I lost, I lost the plot now. So uh, let's you carry your, on. Your with career the next and your professionalism. No, I, I, we get it. We get it. And I think we agree. <laughs> so I, I think also listeners might um, sort of <laughs> expect me to ask, but just around Chris Hutton in terms of the manager that you worked under for, for the club. And um, we talked about, you know, that mentality and that. Um, I guess, mental toughness to not only come back from a playoff defeat in such a heartbreaking manner, but then do it in, with, with such a plum and, and um, such fashion. Um, where does Hutton rank in terms of the managers that you've you've played under and, and how, how good was he at Brighton? Well, he was huge for Brighton. I mean, um, he was a manager who um, got Brighton promoted to the Premier League. I mean, when I arrived to Brighton, he was like, he was a gentleman, like like a manager I've never um, experienced before. Like, um, I mean, he was probably mid fifties, end of fifties that time. I, I'm not quite sure, but he was an experienced manager, um, and he was huge for me at the beginning because it was really easy for me to to understand what he wants to what what kind of football he wants to play. It was it was pretty simple, pretty pretty solid, like. Four for two, um, not like attacking football, like maybe really solid back four, like not playing out from the back, like most of the team is doing now, like Graham Potter is doing now. It's free flowing football now in Brighton, and that time it was like rock solid football, and it was it was the right time to do that in the championship because it's not about scoring a lot of goals in a championship it's about keeping clean sheets and uh, for us it was like if we score that four, first goal we we knew we're not going to lose that game anymore and um i think it was probably our biggest strength uh, that time when we got promoted to to keeping clean sheets not to concede a lot of goals and uh, being able always to to score that one or these two goals with like players of uh, Sam Bordock, Thomas Hammett, Anthony Nocker at that time. So we had a lot of um, uh, players who were um, able to score goals. And uh, this was probably our biggest strength that time. So uh, he, he, he set up a, a rock-solid football team, which was effective that time. Not modern anymore, but effective that time. And... Um, now in modern days, probably his his type of football is yeah not not modern anymore. So we, 
now it's really difficult for him to find a job. Um, he had a job in Nottingham, uh, but he, he wasn't doing really well um, from what I've seen. And yeah. um, he got sacked like four weeks ago or six weeks ago. Um, and I'm really happy for Brian to find a manager like Graham Potter uh, um, now because he, he he's given young players a chance because I played with a lot of um, these young kids uh, that time. Uh, ben White was playing in under 21s. Uh, Steve Alzate, Aaron Connolly, Rob Sanchez. Um, but these these kind of players, they never had a chance when Chris Hutton was in charge because he was he was playing experienced players um, and he never ever gave young players a chance. And uh, even though there were already big talents uh, in the Brighton Academy, and uh, it's good to see like uh, young players uh, coming through the academy which which is which should be a big strength of a, a club like brighton and now uh, they're using their academy um, quite in a good style now and i, I think that it's a, a good follow-on in terms of obviously graham potter's now bringing through these youth players you've, you've mentioned the sanchez the whites and the alzates um you know you you obviously training with them to some effect did you did you know that they were going to make it to the level that they are now um do you, do you see it early doors or did they progress um you know gradually um i have to say the biggest talent of 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 these three or four players that time was uh, probably steven alzate because um he was technically so good and he he was always aware of what is around him and I was playing to next uh, next to Ben White quite a few times in the under-21s. He was a decent lad, but he had to go a few steps um, uh, afterwards. Like Probably he de developed a year after quite good. So um, for him, it was quite a big step. But you have to give these young players chances in the a, in a, in a Premier League. Um, they have to learn it. And Rob Sanchez always had this kind of confidence, even when he was 19. Um, he was, he had something in him, like this kind of confidence. You, you, you can't learn that. Um, probably you, you see that right now. He, he's got some kind of confidence, with, which is rare in that kind of age, um, and which helps him now to, to perform on, on a high level. And I'm, I'm really glad for these guys that they came through uh, the academy and doing so well. Um, I mean, Aaron Connolly is... is he was. I was quite surprised to see him um, coming through, and probably he's a guy with. He's struggling a bit right now um, on on a Premier League level. Um, Don't get started. Um, it's it's, it's interesting to up. see how it's going to develop in the next um, few months. Now. Yeah, let's. Uh... <laughs> We were chatting well, about we were chatting about Aaron Connolly last night after we we're recording this the day after the Leicester game. Uh, okay, so uh, I, have, yeah. I haven't seen the 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 full game uh, last night. I was just watching last last hour and the shootout, so I haven't seen him playing uh, yesterday. So, but you were you were chatting about him. Yeah, we we, we don't need to talk about it now. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. I, I get it. I get it. Um, speaking, but speaking of, who do you you mentioned? You still keep in touch with Bruno. Um, and Pascal it obviously wasn't, I think he joined as you were leaving, right? That same season. Um, who were your, who were your close mates during the time at the club and who do you still chat to? 
Well, my, my biggest mates were actually uh, Yuri Skalak and Nicky Mampa um, because we all we all three like were in a pretty similar situation that time, especially in that Premier League year. We we didn't play a lot, and um, uh, apart from football, we played quite a lot of golf that time. And um, uh, but, but I'm still in touch with them. We have a we have a group chat uh, with three of us, and um, it's quite nice. Uh, we we texted to each other like two days ago. And um, we're still looking for a date to, to catch up again. And uh, probably these two uh, were my biggest mates that time. Uh, obviously, Bruno was, was a big uh, influence for me um, that time. He helped me a lot. Uh, when you're coming from abroad um, to England and um, having a guy like Bruno in a dressing room, he was nearly sitting next to me. He made he made it so easy for me to join Brighton and uh, to feel um, to feel well in in his circumstances and in dressing room uh, because first you you're not quite sure are you able to speak the language but then having guys like like Bruno or even Baram Kayal um, Inigo Calderon um, these were they were massive for me that time because. You, you you speaking pretty much the same English language, which is not perfect, which was not perfect that time. And um, I mean, what 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 Bruno has done for this club um, and is still doing for the club is just amazing. I mean, what a guy he is. I mean, he's going to be a, a legend, or he's already a legend for Brighton. I mean, absolutely. And I'm still in touch with him a few times. We're texting each other, and um, it's good to, to to see that he's uh, now in a in a in the coaching stuff at Brighton and um, it's good to see him doing so well. When you, when you were in training uh, with, with the first team, of course, who, who were some of those players that, uh, you know, Chris or, or whoever else on the team would be like, okay, uh, you know, you're defending against this person today. Who was it that you were just like, you know, oh, he was a nightmare to defend against. Who was a nightmare? I mean, I don't like uh, skillful players or quick players because I, I wasn't the most mobile. I'm still not the most mobile. I'm not the quickest. Um, I had to. Uh, I hated to play probably against Solly and Anthony because they're so skillful and they had a lot of uh, twists and turns. And um, I, I prefer to to play against, like, let's say, Maza or Thomas Hammett because. I mean, they were they were quite strong, but it's 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 easier for a defender to play against players like like them because, of course, they are strong and and strong in the air and they've got a good finish, but they probably as mobile as you, <laughs> and um, I, I hated to play against uh, wingers or quick players, um, which was a nightmare probably against Solly and Anthony. Who were just across your entire career? Who who were some of those players that you played against that were some of your toughest game like opponents outside of Brighton? Who were some of those players that you can look back on now and think, "Whew, that was that was a rough go." Do you do you have any that stick out in particular? I mean, if you just look at names, probably was uh, Aubameyang and Lewandowski. Um, never heard of them. <laughs> no, never. Yeah, never. Um, I remember playing against Lewandowski and at home with Paderborn against Bayern Munich. And um, I mean, I'm I'm not 
exaggerating, but I had him in my pocket for 80 minutes, but he scored in it and he was already going off because there was a substitution. And just in the 81st minute, he scored his goal. And after his goal, he just went off. And I said to myself, fuck off. You had him <laughs> in your pocket for pretty much the whole game. And you could have said afterwards, like, yeah, Lewandowski didn't do a lot. But we lost. I, I can't remember. It was three or four nil. We lost it, um, that game. But he, was, he, he wasn't that good in uh, that game. But he scored his goal. And... That's all he's about, and um, he scored like he's always scoring goals. And um, man, he, he's a he's a great, great goal scorer. I mean, you can't find anyone better right now in the world, like a number nine. Um, he's probably the best in his position right now, and and he's doing that week in and week out. And um, he scored like let's say two hundred goals in the last four years. It's just incredible. I think yeah. we'd take him at Brighton in a couple of years yeah. when he's winding down. Um, maybe I could prompt you with one. This is a bit mean, by the way. It's well, it's got it's got a compliment, and then it's a bit mean because this okay. is this is a game you scored in uh, about a year and a half ago, but also conceded six against Dortmund. Uh, and I bring that game up because Jaden Sancho scored a hat trick in that game. What was he like to play against? And what do you think's caused him to not shine so much as he's joined Man United? Well, I remember that game uh, um, pretty well. I mean, it, at halftime, it was, I would say, just 1-0 for Dortmund. And um, they were really bad that day because for them, it was like without fans. It was uh, during COVID times and uh, yep. without any fans in the stadium. For them, it was... For them, it was just another game. Like the first forty-five minutes, they were just awful. They it was just like, oh, what the hell are we doing here? And we were fighting for our lives and doing everything, <laughs> and gave them a big fight. And um, uh, yeah, second half they just turned up. Like I remember Rafael Guerrero. He was, I mean, he's still a great, great player for me. For me, he's one of my favorites in Dortmund right now because he's a key player for them even though he's playing left back, but he's he's got like some playmaker skills in the left back position, which is amazing for, for his kind of position. And uh, yes, Jaden Sancho, he scored three in that game. And um, I think it was the first hat-trick ever for him in, in, in Dortmund shirt, I remember. Or I might be wrong, but um, yeah, I, I, I was talking to him during that game. But I, I don't know exactly exactly what we were talking about but um, it was like maybe probably uh, cool down now after four or five and um, um, and I scored a penalty I think we were two nil down and then I scored a penalty then we were two so we got one goal back but one minute later we conceded again and then everything was done and um, yeah they scored another three goals and um, yeah, he he was probably in in his form of his life that time. I mean, he scored a lot of goals, got a lot of assists. Um, probably why he why it worked so out uh, worked out so well in Dortmund. I mean, he knew that he's a key player for them. Whenever he played bad, he got another chance next game, and he was some kind of key player with um, with with Royce and. Um, who was playing up top? I can't remember. Who was a striker? I don't know exactly who was playing remember. that time. Um, but 
I, I was quite sure that it's going to be a big step for him going back to England. Um, mm. Of course, he was dreaming about that, and um, it was his big dream to go back to which, whichever club pays the most money. And uh, yeah, <laughs> shocker! I mean, it was he, Man United. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he was playing for City in the youth. So um, yeah, he's he's got a lot of um, uh, competition in his position right now, and um, yeah, I've seen the pictures of him now sitting on the bench against Liverpool. He didn't look that happy, so <laughs> um, yeah. I'm wondering how it's going to do in the, in the next few weeks. It's going to be really difficult as long as Solskjaer is in charge, probably. Um, yes. Maybe a new manager is going to give him a new chance. Yeah, hopefully it's not Graham Potter uh, moving. That's, that's what <laughs> Are there rumours? No, I don't think so, yeah. Yeah, this, with the new but he's doing great. Job. He's doing great for Brighton, true. Yeah. He's yeah. doing great. Yeah. There you go. That's funny that you would. It's just. It's funny to think that you were having some some banter with Jaden Sancho a, a year and a half ago in a game. That's. Uh, uh, yeah. There you go. Sounds a little bit strange, probably for you, and um, maybe. I mean, for me, it was like I've been in England, but we haven't talked about England at, at all. But I mean, he, he didn't speak German at all. I mean, if you have a, if you want to have a chat with him, you have to speak English to him and. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm a bright uh, Dortmund supporter as well because I played such a long time there. Yeah. Uh, but whenever you play against Dortmund, I mean, you're trying to give your best. And uh, in the end, even Marcel Schmelzer, which was one of my biggest mates back in Dortmund, he scored a goal and he barely scores goals. He's a left back. And <laughs> that day he scored a goal against me and Paderborn. I, I couldn't believe that. So... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I said afterwards to him, what the hell are you going to score a goal uh, just today against Paderborn? And uh, yeah, these some kind of stories uh, that only happens in football. Yeah, yeah. What was, uh, and I know that Adam, I think Adam, one of you two was going to bring it up, the promotion day. So the day we were promoted uh, to the Premier League was an absolute madness of a day. Um, there were... The squad was just about everywhere in little pockets around the city. What was what was your day like when it came to the that, that I think it was Wigan, wasn't it? Um, how was that? How was that day for you? Because um, it feels like everybody has different stories in different places at different <laughs> times. <laughs> I mean, uh, that day everything was just set up for the promotion. I think. I'm not, uh, did we have the early kickoff or? I'm not quite sure. Definitely Huddersfield played later than us. And yeah, we obviously when we win our game, we we are promoted pretty much because we had uh, like 15 goals more goal than difference. them. Yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, we won our game and all of a sudden all the fans conquered the pitch and it was just like madness. Even though we weren't promoted like 100% safe, but it was effective, effectively done. So, um, yeah, all of a sudden you were around, uh, surrounded by thousands of fans. You were celebrating and you were taking off your, your shirts and Louis Dunk came in the dressing room just with his slippers and uh, it was just pure madness. You were singing on the, on, on, on the, on the pitch already and um, everybody was just celebrating because it's, it was pure madness that time. And... Uh, 
yeah, afterwards a lot of players were uh, were still watching that Huddersfield game in a in a dressing room, and um, I just made sure to bring my car back home to to have it at home, and then I get get back to Bohemia where the promotion party were, and. Um, but in the line, the stuff Bohemia. I realized okay. that night was like Bohemia closed at 1.30 in a promotion night. And I said, <laughs> what the hell are they closing the, the, the bar at 1.30? We just started the party. So, um, <laughs> so we had to, everybody had to leave Bohemia and we were just walking through the streets and all of a sudden we were in a, in a kebab shop, uh, Nikki, I think it was Nikki and me. And maybe Scully, and all of a sudden, uh, Louis Dunk entered the kebab shop, and all the fans were standing on tables and singing and dancing. It was just pure madness. And um, yeah, this is these are my experience from that night. I mean, it was too short. Definitely, this night was too short. And um, yeah, but it was great experience. I think next day we catched up with a few players uh, in, in Revolution at, at midday again and we started <laughs> drinking again and uh, yeah, it was it was great. I li like Louis Dunk, Shane Duffy, Dale Stevens, like, I mean, these guys are probably the biggest party guys you ever can can imagine in, in, a, in a football squad and um, I was in the middle of it. Um, so... It was not that easy, even even though I'm a German and we we can drink quite a lot. <laughs> but I prefer to to stay with my beer than having a lot of shots because they killing me all the time. Mm. <laughs> uh, well, what you've described in some ways was well our time time at university down on the south coast. That, that was most Saturdays that that night out. You described you go out somewhere, you drink too much, you end up in a kebab shop, and then you go and do it the next day. So. Uh, it, feels, it feels like we've got a lot in common. We're slightly less good at football than you, but we're, we're, those those things we have in common. Um, just to, to, I know we, we've asked you a ton of questions at this point, but to kind of tie a bow on it a little bit, what's your what's your thoughts on on current day Brighton? We, you, you hinted at Graham Potter. We've you've obviously watched a few of the games this season. It seems like as many as we've watched. Oh, how do you how do you like the look of this team? Who do you like? What do you think are some of the new signings like Kukureya, for example, who you just talked about a left back who bombs up the wing and does an amazing job? Well, there's we've got one as well. I mean, um, since uh, Graham Potter came in, I think they changed the style of fo football completely to to Chris Newton before because, as I said before, like Chris Newton was about setting up a four four two, and then maybe scoring a goal and then just trying to defend to win that game. Um, but Graham Potter is, is playing different uh, formations, playing with three in the back, having having win ba wing backs um, on the right and left side. Um, it's it's a free-flowing football playing out from the back with a with a goalkeeper who's who's got good abilities with it, with his feet and which is really important in, uh, nowadays. And even we in Paderborn, we are quite flexible in our formations right now. We've got a manager who's playing back four, back back three, back back. Nah, I wouldn't say back five, but he's changing formations here in Paderborn as well. And uh, even though we didn't train uh, three in the back in in preseason, all of a sudden he comes up with uh, with his idea because he says like we're playing against a four four two in a diamond. Let's play with three in the back because this 
kind of formation gives the opponent the most problems. And I think um, Graham Potter is like is doing the same. I think they've got a lot of center halves in Brighton, but they're all capable like stepping up, um, going forward, um, having good fo- football abilities and. Um, it's 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 good to see that they progressing so well during uh, the last two years, and um, I mean it it all started with with him coming in and um, uh, bringing the best out of players. Even now, Shane Duffy is back from a really bad spell in in, in Scotland, and he's doing so well. I mean, yeah. I'm really happy for him that he's he's back in Brighton. You you can see that he, he's feeling he's feeling good to be back in Brighton and. He's, 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 he's took his he's took his chance um, that um, Graham Potter gave him, and that shows like what confidence makes with football yeah. players as well. And um, I think Graham Potter backs every player who's whoever gonna start. Even the guys who played yesterday, he made a lot of changes. He brought he brought in some young lad I've never heard of him, Samiento. Yeah, yeah, he's it was good, the wasn't first he? time I heard about him. I've never heard him playing in the second team, but all of a sudden he he comes up with with a guy like him, and he looked quite decent. And um, it gives every young player and every player in a in a squad the feeling that I'm important important yeah. for this team. And we have here in Paderborn pretty much the same. Like our um, our coach gave already 23 or 24 players a chance to play this year, um, which which is amazing. And even when we win 4-0, he's going to change the formation for the next game. He's never, ever going to play the same team um, because he always adapts our team to the opponent. And um, um, even without making us uh, less stronger. So he's, yeah. he's, lo- he's looking at our qualities and adapts it to the opponent and trying to make the most for us, of course, winning games. That's the most important Thing for a football team, and it looks like that Graham Potter is doing the same in Brighton, and um, they're having a, a great future ahead of uh, them now, and they're doing so well with the beginning of this season, and it looks like that Brighton made a huge step this season, and maybe they can end up in in, in the top half this year and uh, be in the surprise of the season this year. People Fingers will crossed. like to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's. It's it's realistic when from what I've seen so far. I mean, it's it's hard for every opponent to play Brighton, and they've got huge respect for 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 Brighton. Even when Pep Guardiola is speaking about uh, Brighton, that speaks volume for uh, what Graham Potter has done in Brighton. Yeah, um, I guess I know you said you wanted to. To keep playing, you know, hopefully for another year, two years, thirty-seven, thirty-eight. Um, have you have you considered what life after after the game looks like? Would you like to get into coaching or maybe even see yourself as as a manager one day? Well, um, probably I'm starting my doing my batches uh, in in the future soon um, because um, I'm I'm playing football pretty much pretty much at home so I want to stay here in Paderborn uh, and, and I've spoken to the club already a few times and um, they gave me an, uh, an offer for a uh, contract after my career so um, oh. now it's up to me Excellent. to start my badges and I see myself definitely more on the pitch than sitting somewhere in, in an office 
And um, right now, I wouldn't say I want to have a, a, a big career as a manager, but you never know. I, probably I'm going to start with training young kids and um, I'm looking forward to do that. Uh, but sometimes you, you don't know where it end, ends up because I traveled a lot during my career. I'm quite happy that I've settled down now here in in, in, in near of Paderborn and probably if I have a, a plan for my future, I wouldn't, I would say like, I, I rather would stay somewhere around here, being a manager, maybe in a lower league club or in a, in a youth academy in Paderborn, than being a manager to train a first, second or third league team because I'm quite sick of traveling around somewhere and always um, um, adapting to new surroundings and moving flat and um, I travel quite a lot and I have my friends here, my kids here so um, if I have a plan for my future probably would be somewhere here um, as a manager yeah well Bruno might He's going to need an assistant coach in a few years, Uve. So don't, <laughs> don't just say that you're going to stay yeah. there for too long. You never know. Yeah. Uh, everything can happen in football. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Everything can happen. And sometimes it, it, it goes so quick and can go so quick. And then you've got an option maybe in a, as an assistant manager and probably you, you can't say no, maybe. You never know. I've... I've I've learned a few guys during my career. Um, even with my former managers, uh, I've got still good uh, connections to them, to most of them. So whenever they need a, maybe an assistant coach and you don't have a job, maybe you have to do that. But um, I'm, I'm quite relaxed um, uh, uh, right now. And um, as long as I'm playing football, I can be relaxed. And now I've got the... Um, certainty that I've I can carry on uh, here in Paderborn after my career uh, which which helped uh, helps a lot for me um, to be relaxed looking into the future yeah I think I think your your personality and your your mentality obviously helps greatly right like you've kept in touch with these people and you've not done it for this reason but now it's paying dividends right just being the person you are so that I mean that's great it's it's exactly where everybody would love to be relaxed about their future and, and staying in football uh and, and i think that says a lot you know the fans know this like we said they they, they still love you very much so uh it's it's good it's great I'm, I'm glad that you've you've got that future already kind of mapped out and uh, i don't think there's a single person on this call that would be upset if we heard that you were going to be coming back to the south coast in any capacity it's, uh, <laughs> well no you already we, he owes us a drink already in brighton that's true yeah. <laughs> we've already covered that yeah yeah i, I mean now i've got a uh, 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 one more reason to come over during the <laughs> Christmas period uh, to Brighton. So um, at, at least I'm not on my own anymore than when I'm coming to the to the Amex and we have an, uh, a few beers and hope maybe um, would be really nice. In return, I Amazing. think every every listener to the podcast and I think most most Brighton fans consider Paderborn at this point there. If there's such a thing as having a second team. Uh, Paderborn is it for Brighton fans? Yeah, it, it, it's a great choice. I mean, we still always we always have some spare seats in the stadium. So. <laughs> um, there are still some spare seats, um, maybe some um, um, more in a, in a standing area because our um, normal seats are mostly sold out because the uh, Paderborn supporters 
they rather sit down on the seat than standing in the, in the, in the, um, in the stadium. Oh, so, the Brighton fans but you don't standing. have that in your stadium. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they'll be they'll be standing if they come over. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, I, I would say probably for twelve euros you get you get a good ticket in our stadium. That's crazy. I don't, I don't think you get a pie for twelve euros. Yeah, true. Craig, Adam, do you do you have any more questions? Uh, I'm I'm all out. No, no, I'm oh. great. I would talk to you for about another three hours, but I think we should probably give you an evening back. So uh, this was awesome, though. Thank you so much. This is so much fun. I mean, we, we, we can have a chat next year again. Maybe let's see where we are then. Would love yeah, it. When Brighton qualify for the Euro Cup, we'll talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> I would travel up there somewhere if they play in Spain or somewhere. I would be there some someday. Yeah, how lucky it will be against a side in Russia or something like oh, that. Oh, kind of, right in the Far East. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not a choice then, if you're going to European football. You have to yeah. take what you get. Yeah. But thank so, you again. This was this was this yeah, was this, awesome. Yep. Yeah. It was a pleasure for me as well. Amazing. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Like like Adam said, we'll give you uh, give you some of your evening off back. Uh, so so thank you uh, and have a, a great rest of your evening and and good luck for the rest of the season. I'm sure everyone will be will be keeping a close eye on Paderborn. Thanks, very, thank you very much, guys. Um, yeah, wishing you all the best. Um, and so you all guys sit in the US US. Uh, am I right? Yeah, uh, we're all over the place. Yeah. yeah. So you, you you're not often you're not in Brighton very often. But you you're obviously from Brighton or why you uh Brighton supporters. <laughs> we don't yeah. even like Brighton. No, no this is <laughs> okay, okay. sorry. Sorry for asking. <laughs> yeah, no, we uh we've all I mean either grown up Craig, you grew up from years there, right? And I, I spent mm. six, seven years in Brighton's season ticket holder, and then we've all gone over to the over to the US and Josh, I mean, how long were you there? You started this whole thing. Yeah, I moved. I moved over here from England uh, 2016 and started this podcast just because nobody in the US knew who Brighton were then. So I just thought, eh, we'll give it a go. Um, and yeah, we've all we've all moved over here in the last. I know Craig, you came over in the pandemic, which was rough. So, just, yeah. yeah, just before. So I think I had two normal months and then I was uh, stuck in my flat for a year, oh. which is not not ideal. Bad timing. Uh, yeah, yeah, it could have it could have been better. So uh but uh <laughs> but yeah, and then Adam, you were in between us, weren't you? 2017? No, I've been out here for nearly 10 years, but um oh. yeah, I'm near I'm near New York and Craig's in Chicago, Josh is in North Carolina, so we're all we're all over the place, but there's a there's a growing supporters group here. Stateside Seagulls um, run an awesome group of people. There was a meetup that happened in Los Angeles last weekend. Um, oh, nice! So there's uh, people are starting to hear more about the about the club over here, which is awesome. Um, yeah, it's going to. So, take so how many times in a in a year you coming over to Brighton, or once a season, or just every two years? Well, when there's not a pandemic, more often. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is, we haven't even properly, we weren't even allowed to properly come into the UK until about two, yeah. three months ago, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was August, end of August, that we were allowed oh, to strange, fly back. Yeah. yeah. Must be hard times for supporters. 
Yeah. The, we we yeah. are lucky uh, in that we were able to watch every single game on the TV over here. Um, yeah. So that's obviously in England, that's not so easy. Um, but but over here, we're we're very lucky. Uh, but it doesn't it doesn't really compare to being in the stadium. So yeah. sometimes you need that uh, feeling being in the stadium. Uh, yeah. I, I can understand. It's it's different. We, I can say like playing in pandemic times and now having back supporters, it's it's just it's different and it's it's a different feeling playing in front of supporters. They they give you that kind of football feeling, and um, which we haven't had uh, during that pandemic playing in in stadiums without any supporters. It's yeah. all about supporters and football yeah. and supporters. This is this makes football so great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We, we uh, agree with you. Yeah, one hundred percent. What did you What did you think of the European Super League? Before we before we drop off, I'm say- <laughs> nothing to say about it. I, I'm quite happy that they turned it down. I mean, it was just I don't know. It was just a stupid stupid thought from the bigger guys. But uh, it was good to hear that uh, some managers like Klopp had a um, uh, opinion about that, and they said quite clearly, "We don't want to have a Super League." So. Um, it's good that they turn it down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in some ways, we already sort of have one. Uh, <laughs> given <laughs> the amount of money that are in some clubs in the UK at the moment, it's, it's just... It's, it's, it's strange. Like now having Newcastle, having like an owner from somewhere, Arabic areas, uh, it's, it's... I don't know. I don't get it. I mean... I'm quite happy that I'm playing in Germany and uh, the, the clubs only can invest uh, what they earn, uh, pretty much, I would say. Um, I will never get that kind of ownership in England because they can invest as much money as the owner wants to invest. Yeah. And in Germany, it's more like um, you only can invest what you earned bef- beforehand. So, um, but for German club, it get, gets harder and harder to uh, compete to English clubs, especially yeah, and all the was, other European leagues. If Germany can do it fair, but everyone else is unfair, then the you know you play in the yeah. Champions League and you it's not an even playing field. It's tough. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Bayern probably is the only club who can compete um, to all the other English clubs or uh, Spanish clubs. And now you've seen what what happened to Barcelona and. Probably it had it had to happen to some of the to this uh, these big clubs um, to see what kind of financial problems these big clubs have and uh, yeah. these numbers uh, that we heard uh, from Barcelona they were just uh, wow out of this world I mean I mean the, the former they're in jail now I mean uh, <laughs> yeah. but they've now got the the sixth highest wage bill in La Liga. So people are asking why they're not doing well, that they, 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 they shouldn't be doing well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was clear that the after Messi era uh, would be hard and it was sad to see him leaving. And I'm, um, I mean, Messi is my, my probably the, the player I, I was following I mean, it's, it's a joy to watch him. I'm always team Messi than team Ronaldo. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. I mean, it's a question for you guys as well. It's always a question. <laughs> team Messi, team Ronaldo. Messi. Messi for me. 
I yeah, I'm Team Messi too. It's Here's not close. <laughs> oh, okay. It's not close. Uh, me, it's no Messi's the. Ah, uh, let's not. Uh, it's going to take twenty minutes to dig into that. <laughs> yeah, true. Because uh, Messi's the sort of player that is just, Ronaldo's effective. He's very effective. He's yeah. an incredible goal scorer. Incredible Absolutely. fitness. But Messi is a beautiful footballer to watch. Yeah. And yeah. that, to me, that's why we watch football. That's why I enjoy yeah. it. That's yeah. same. So I love Ronaldinho was, uh, yeah. for me, True. just because the, the amount of joy he played with, yeah. uh, that's it for me. But, Good. Yeah. <laughs> Good to you. Good to your team Messi here. <laughs> well done, guys. Yeah. I'm the, coming the back to you. The, beer, the beers are still on, Craig. You're all right. Yeah. Oh, thank, thank God. Yeah. Pass all the right. test. This was fun. Right. This was fun. Oh, thank you again. Yeah, um, yeah. Thank no you worries, so much, guys. All, All right. right, guys. Have a good one. All right. See bye, you bye. soon. Bye bye. Good luck, Uvi. Yeah. Thanks. Bye bye. See you soon. Bye.